Gals, non-binary pals. This is another episode of Scaring is Sharing. It's the place where we share our scares with each other and you. Welcome. Hello. Adieu. Hola. Uh, guten Tag. <laughs> Does that mean hello in German? Well, it's, you know, good morning. Oh, okay. Hello. Yep. Good morning. <laughs> good day. Good, good day. Good morning. Uh, it's so good to see you, Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. And you, Brandy Joe, the flaming scream queen, plan back. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Oh, not too bad. How, how you was your week of days? My week of days? It was a collection of days uh, <laughs> that ran together in what we call a week. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm wrapping up that this past week was my final week of working exclusively from home. Okay, uh, so coming up soon here i gotta start going into the office a couple times a week so that's gonna be crazy i've got like first day of school jitters again because i've oh been away God. from i've been away from the office from for two years and they moved to a new building so it's gonna be a whole like new experience uh wow oh. well congratulations i hope it goes swimmingly yeah it seems like the it department's got things on lock so it should be a pretty easy transition okay now have you seen any of these like horror themed office movies like isn't severance one and then there isn't there that new tv show that's out on apple tv right now that's also similar like where yeah, people isn't like there an show? office building or is that the office show severance i feel like there's a horror movie too. there is a movie called severance which was a uh, British flick. Oh, I'm thinking of um, like the Belko experiment or something. There's like one where like there's a bunch of people in an office and they all, like whoever's the last winning one gets like a million dollars or something like that. But yeah, that's like, like that's I think that's like the Belko experiment okay. like you said, or okay. something like that. And then there's uh, there's one called uh, Severance, which is like a British flick from like uh, uh, 2000s. It's around the time Shaun of the Dead came out because I remember them using like uh, Shaun of the Dead and their marketing of like, it's like Shaun of the Dead because it's kind of a, a horror comedy, but it's like uh, they're on a retreat, a corporate retreat. Yes. People start getting killed. So it is sort of similar, just not like an office building, but yes. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also um, the one I like is a flick called Blood Sucking Bastards. Okay. Which is set in an office where uh, vampires have slowly taken over and the dude's co workers are all turning into vampires. Oh, uh, and it's actually pretty funny. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any of those. And for some reason, it doesn't they don't appeal to me. And but... sometimes I'm like, I don't necessarily want to watch this because I've lived the corporate office experience <laughs> for so long now that I'm like, I need escapism because these movies are usually pretty on the nose with the drudgery of office life. But now you said blood sucking freaks, which made me think of eight legged freaks or blood sucking bastards. Okay, which made me think of eight legged freaks. Yep. That's a movie, right? With giant yes. ants and David Arquette. Yes, there is a movie called Okay, Blood Sucking Bastards. There is a movie called Blood Sucking Freaks, which is an older okay. like, cannibalism exploitation movie, and then Eight Legged Freaks, which is David Arquette fighting giant spiders. Is it any good? I mean, it's I'm sure fun. it's silly, but is it? It's very okay. silly. It's it's one of those movies. I remember when it came out, it got like trashed. And then over time, people have been like, oh, you stupid critics, you missed the point. It was supposed to be funny and bad because they were making fun of old, like, 
50s, you know, giant bug on the loose movies. Like it wasn't Mm -hmm. supposed to be Casablanca or The Godfather or something. So last night I was speaking of work, I was at a little work dinner, like for a teammate who's going to another team. And Mm -hmm. someone there started talking about some old horror show like you've talked about like that is on tv but it was count scary have you ever heard of this no i don't know that one well he's an older gentleman so okay it's before our time it might not be before my time i just didn't live here but yeah i was curious it was one of those late night horror talk show things yeah there's a lot of those host shows like um sven gooley i've known of because he broadcasts from chicago uh, so he's regional, like he's always been regional to the Great Lakes area. Uh, so and now he's national. So like he's way more famous than he was back in the day. But the one I know, I, I don't think I ever actually got to watch him because he was probably, I think he was before my time or I was a very little kid when he wrapped up. But my mom always talks about Sir Graves Ghastly, uh, mm. who who was like uh, from the Detroit or maybe he might have been out of Ohio, but he was very close to the Detroit area. Uh, so that was the one like she remembers. And he was like a a creepy old vampire type dude playing the movies so now the closest i come to anything like that which really isn't close at all is when i was a kid i would watch usa up all night and julie brown was on there and she she, it's not all the same but like that's what i have to equate to something from my childhood with like a host on a tv show late at night or whatever was julie brown i thought she was so funny I mean, that's kind of like our generation because there was USA up all night. I remember those vaguely because I was real little and that would yeah. usually be at a sleepover when I should have been asleep. But we're like, <laughs> what messed up movies on here? And so, you know, we'd be catching like a Hellraiser sequel or something, whatever they'd show. Um, and then uh, at the same time as up all night was, of course, Joe Bob Briggs with his run of uh, Monster Vision on TNT. Mm. Uh, and that's how I saw a lot of like John Carpenter movies, probably younger than uh, I should have been. <laughs> so he goes well. back that like how far? Like, I guess I didn't realize yeah. he's been on for so long. Yeah, Joe Bob's been doing it since like the 80s. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, at least hosting because originally he was on uh, some cable, you know, like an HBO type cable channel a long time ago. Uh, and then he switched to, um, what do they call that? Basic cable with okay. was on TNT doing Monster Vision. That ran up until I was like in high school uh, and then finally ended. And then he disappeared for a while. The fan base was still super strong for him, though, because he was a he was a writer. So he kept writing like columns and reviews. And then eventually Shudder brought him back. So, OK, yeah. We have one teragram this week. It's quite brief, but excited to have one nevertheless. And it's from a first time writer. I do believe it's um, my friend Matt that I knew in college. Oh. And uh, I don't I don't think Matt's written in before. But Matt, if you have, I apologize. And you can correct me. But I put something up on Instagram with one of our our posts of uh, about dress to kill and said like what's your favorite De Palma so the subject oh, cool. line is simply favorite De Palma and the email reads I love Carrie and although it hasn't aged well I also like dress to kill thank you Matt quite mm. succinct mm-hmm. and I appreciate it yeah. uh, as opposed to an Instagram comment yes shoot us an email it's scaring and sharing at gmail.com thank you yeah awesome and i mean i agree with both of those i would be interested to watch dress to kill again it has been a million years Mm -hmm. so i love carrie carrie is fucking fantastic it gets Mm -hmm. better and better every time i haven't seen carrie in so long that's one i've been meaning to rewatch. it was like a you know saw it a million times as a teenager and then 
I don't think I've watched it in adult life for a very long time. So, and I'm, there was supposed to be some sort of TV show they were working on with like, uh, like some sort of, um, I believe she was like Latinx or something was going to be Carrie. Like there was like okay. some sort of interesting or different take on it. So I was curious about that. Also, okay. I have to talk about this. I was thinking about sleepaway camp again yesterday for some okay. reason with the whole, like why it is problematic and whatnot. And while this is still problematic, I, I sort of like this idea that like, if you're forced into a gender that isn't your true gender, you're going to go crazy, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think that's, I mean, of course still it doesn't, you shouldn't have to go crazy, but it's like, don't force people into genders that, that they aren't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Aunt, whatever your name is. Yeah, the whole thing is just, uh, as we talked about, like it's from a time when there just was no tact for these sorts of things. <laughs> and it, you know, they just wrote whatever that they're like, this is going to fuck people up, you know. I wish that there could be this, but... a take on it that somehow was not problematic, but dealt with similar issues. Granted, everyone would know what's going on, which is why I think it would take a very skilled hand to to pull it off but i think it's possible and i yeah. wish someone would be up to that task because i would love to see it handled with like the the proper care that something like that should be like if it was done with like a transgender teen as like the heroine and not the killer but it was sleepaway camp like it was still a similar thing but it just w was sort of retold for our modern lens that that sounds awesome it i was just thinking awesome. like there there should there should be a way you could do something with sleepaway camp uh that was kind of like i feel like uh the newest slumber party massacre yes where you re-envision it for modern times but it does have like a lot of the the beats the vibe and beats of the originals but with a very modern sensibility um and something more uh you know not exploitative and I wonder if Sci-Fi is going to do a, a Slumber Party Massacre 2 remake. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would I be hope, awesome. I hope they do. And you know what, man? Uh, Psycho Billy uh, music, you know, uh, became a big thing. Big rock, shoot off of rockabilly there. And that's like a whole genre unto itself. So there's tons of musicians that you could have actually play the killer in that version and probably do it a lot better. <laughs> And I found Tokyo Convertible on YouTube, of course, and yep. I have been listening to it so much. It's and so you good. sent it to me, and I was <laughs> listening to it. When you sent it to me on Facebook, I was uh, at the gym working out, so I listened to it <laughs> while I was uh, on the elliptical. It is a jam. There's even covers on YouTube. Yep. So There's like a couple me, random covers. It got me going. That's awesome. So, Jeremy, did you watch anything this week? I The only thing I really wanted to... Uh, uh talk about was i watched a flick it's an old 50s sci-fi uh horror flick called the crawling eye oh uh people that are stephen king fans may know it because it's a uh, plot point in the book it it's actually okay. one of the it's one of the forms it pennywise takes on to scare one of the kids because it was a movie because that was the whole thing i thought was cool in the book it is that the kids are all scared of movie monsters from back in the when the you know back in the day uh so the he takes the form of like the creature from the Black Lagoon or a mummy or, you know, Rodan from the Godzilla movies. Like he turns into all of these movie monsters that the crawling eye is one of them. Uh, so I was like, that's pretty cool. They could have done that 
I guess that was something they talked about doing in the remakes where like have him turn into Freddy Krueger or mm-hmm. something like that. It's the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, that would have been cool. Uh, too bad you guys didn't go for that. But anyway, I watched the crawling eye. Now the crawling eye is the very first movie that mystery science theater 3000 ever did. Okay. And it's in its, uh, run uh on television and so i had seen that version of it like with them making fun of it and like a lot of the times the movies they had in on mystery science theater 3000 the copies were really like crappy so i think it just made you think the movie was (laughs) even shittier than it was because it would have like terrible sound or be Mm kind of blurry like the entire time but i watched it was on uh it was on uh amc plus because i have that on uh my prime they had the crawling eye, like the original, not Mystery Science Theater 3000, like just the actual movie. So I was like, I'm going to watch this thing and see like what this is like without, you know, the whole other experience, the comedy aspect of it. And it wasn't that bad. I was like surprised because the print is actually like good. I can actually see what's happening and hear like what the characters are saying. So it was kind of a weird revelation to see that. Roughly the plot is like they're in the Swiss Alps and there's this weird fog uh ominous cloud at the top of the mountain and people keep dying that come in contact there and at the end they find out it's these aliens that are up there with big eyeballs and tentacles attacking people so uh, apparently it's the movie that inspired the fog john carpenter okay that's where he took because john carpenter took a lot of his uh plot ideas from old movies from the 50s that he grew up watching so i mean and that's the kind of remake i like is like take something old put a, a modern spin on it don't copy it exactly and yeah more homage than inspiration yeah exactly that's very very cool but uh yeah so it was kind of like i'm like i want to do this with some more of the like there's so many movies mystery science theater 3000 did that i'm like is the movie necessarily as terrible as they would have you believe uh because of the way they presented it so i'm kind of interested in hunting down more of old movies they've covered and just watching the actual movie to see if it is as crappiest mm-hmm. uh it would seem so interesting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and most of the time mystery science theater 3000 would trim them down right like to an hour or something yeah and they would have to fit it into the you know because they have their segments in between like their little comedy bits and stuff oh, they so do? They would, yeah they'd have to cut out stuff to have little, okay. their little segments in between chunks of the movie to make it fit in the hour and a half each episode was so okay yep Interesting. Yeah, there's some good ones in there. Yeah, I still maintain there's some very, very, maybe one day I can show you some choice episodes because there's okay. a few that are very funny. All right. I'd be mm-hmm. down for that. Yeah. Well, I didn't watch anything but Survivor, so. Okay. That's that's all I'm doing. Well, that's its own thing. Do you have yeah, any news? Any any horror news you caught? No. Um, I, I did watch the Cronenberg trailer. A new one dropped and I watched oh, it. Oh, uh, for um, uh, Crimes of the Future? Yes. That looks so fucking weird. Yeah. And yeah, I think I talked about this before. Apparently, like one of his earliest feature Mm -hmm. films is called Crimes of the Future. But this movie is not like a remake. It's got some of the same ideas, but he's done like an entirely new. He's making an homage of his own movie, apparently, which is is a great way to do it. Yeah. But yeah, it looks strange. I wish he had done his his remake of the fly of his fly. Like a few years ago, Cronenberg said that he was writing a script 
where he was remaking his version of the fly that was already a remake like he was going to do another version of it update it to like modern times or something like that and that okay. would have been cool that would have been cool i think to see like it would have been interesting interesting seeing a director remaking their own work that's kind of yeah. fascinating to me yeah. it doesn't happen very often yeah exactly did you have any news i did i did have um a little blurb again talking about movies that are supposed to be coming out soon uh, and maybe this is kind of non-news because no new information really came out of it. But I saw there was a recent interview blurb with Lloyd Kaufman, Uncle Lloydy from Troma, uh, talking about the new Toxic Avenger, the remake. Uh, okay. Because he's he said that he got to go to the set. They flew him out there. They shot it in Bulgaria. Oh. Uh, which is where they shot the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre as well. Right. So kind of picturing, oh, maybe the new Toxic Avenger will have kind of a vibe uh, similar to that, which is, you know, not bad because I liked the way, you know, the feel mm -hmm. of the new Texas Chainsaw. So if it's similar, cool. But yeah, he went out there, got to see the production. He's calling it. I mean, of course, it's one of his properties. So like, why wouldn't he talk it up? But he's he's calling it the best Toxic Avenger movie yet. Even better than the ones Troma did. He said, that, you know, Macon Blair, the director uh, who we are fans Love. of. Uh, he he really knows his trauma stuff. So it's like a love letter to trauma. And he talked up, you know, Peter Dinklage and Kevin Bacon and all the actors that are in it. So it's like, man, I want to just see this damn thing. If you're saying how cool it's going to be and trauma fans are going to love it, like get it out there. So I think it's supposed to, they wrapped filming, I know, and it's in post-production. So it, I think it comes out this year. Please. Yeah, please. Hopefully in time for Halloween, that'd be awesome. That would be yeah, awesome. But that's it. That's all the news I saw. So our episode comes out on Friday the 13th. So I wanted to talk about a couple of Friday the 13th things. First of all, I read this article this morning about how Jason never kills or harms kids or animals. Mm -hmm. And I like that. <laughs> True. Yeah. Do you think yep. it's because he like was damaged as a kid, like that he drowned, like that that's like a part of that he has a soft side and he's just out to get the people who supposedly, you know, like it was their fault that he drowned the yeah. adults. Yes, that's that's totally it. I think there's like kind of a code of conduct there where like children like himself, like I think I, I'm just extrapolating and riffing on my own stuff. But I think Jason mentally sees himself still as a child, one of them. And he's just out yeah. there for revenge against mm -hmm. people that would mistreat and disrespect like his his people, his place, all that. So. Because the closest he comes to harming a kid is like Tommy Jarvis, but he doesn't ever hurt him in that movie. It's more mm -hmm. the people around him until Tommy becomes an adult. And yes. then, and then and he then, comes after him. Yep. And then, yeah. And after then Tommy's Frankenstein. Yeah. Tommy's his uh, Ahab. So now, how many movies is Tommy in? Three? Yes. Two. Three. Three. Yep. He's in four, five, and six. Okay, he has a trilogy. Yeah, the, Tom, the Tommy trilogy. Yeah, because it's Corey Feldman in four. Corey Feldman briefly reprises the role at the beginning of five, and then it switches to an older actor. The blonde guy? Yeah, who I can't remember. And then in six, it's the dude that was uh, from Return of the Living Dead. Right, okay. Yep, so. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I also was reading a thing with like the top favorite kills from horror movies, and two of them were from Friday the 13th movies. Do you know which two? And mm. like the 10 top kills of all time. So like terrifiers in there and things like that. So there's 
two oh, from Friday the 13th. So what would they be? I think I saw the article oh. you're talking about too, but I'm trying to remember which ones were in there. And I There's do one remember. One like all favorite kills. Yeah, like one, of, one of them is from Jason X. Yeah. When he dunks her head yep. in the, uh, the liquid nitrogen and freezes yep. it and then smashes her so head. It is so good. And it's the it sort of awesome. thing like they can show on TV because it's just red ice, really. Like, yeah, it's but not it, gory. Yeah. But I feel it like it. It's it is brutal. so so brutal and so gross. It's the it's when it explodes and it's all the red stuff on the inside. That is so horrifying. It's yeah, it's because so they show you the shot when her face is oh in my god the water. I know, and it tur- like, it's so great. It's so good. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yep. It's one of those kills you like cheer because uh-huh. <laughs> it's yeah, just it's- so clever and creative and awesome. And I think I remembered the other one. The other one is in Seven, the sleeping bag death. Yes. Which, don't they also do that in, like, another one? Is it the remake? In the remake, they burn someone in a sleeping bag, right? In the opening. No, what they do, uh, they revisit the sleeping bag death also in Jason X. In Jason X. Okay. Yep, where they, they, like, trick him. He goes into the the holodeck, like, in Star Trek, and he's in, like, a... They lock him in a program. Uh, okay. That he's at Camp Crystal Lake, and then there's the girls, and he, in that version though, he takes them and beats them together. They're both in sleeping bags, and he beats the sleeping bags together. Oh my god. Yep. One other bit of Friday the Thirteenth news, whatever tidbits from me, as I finished the final girl or uh, final girl support group. Mm. Oh my god! I don't know if I said this, but like I know I mentioned, I didn't think Adrian King was a great narrator, and she really isn't. But I listened to it at one point seven speed. That's almost twice as fast as oh. it is normally because she speaks so slow. Oh, Traditionally, whoa. it is thirteen or fourteen hours. I think I got through it in like seven and a half oh, or wow. eight. Like I had to listen to it that fast because it was killing me softly and slowly it was so oh horrible so i read the reviews on audible and they're all like oh my god the narrator is horrible listen to it at 1.3 and i was like 1.3 1.7 more like a <laughs> you went even faster like i get it for the kitsch value but oof duh. no no and i didn't love it the book which was really sad too if i had listened to it with amy Steele reading it would i have loved it possibly but we'll never know yeah, is she a is she like a narrator person? I don't know. Like, I mean, reads audiobooks. Okay. I feel like any actress or actor or performer could be. Yeah, I feel like Jamie Lee Curtis would be a good one. I know. I think she reads the Halloween twenty eighteen novelization. Novelization. I'm pretty sure she does. Ooh, that'd be awesome. I, I, I don't know why, but I feel like she's got the gravitas to oh, be yeah. good good uh audiobook narrator yeah um, for sure i also feel like i would listen to any audiobook with sigourney weaver ah oh, god reading yes. it yeah we saw her in a play in new york like 15 years ago and it was in a really small theater and while we were waiting for the show to start joe went you had to go like down in the basement to go to the bathroom and he like turned a corner and like ran into her not like like collided but like turned the corner and like was face to face with the Gordon Weaver she's like excuse me and she was like walking past like the dressing room and he came upstairs he's like I just ran into the Gordon Weaver <laughs> oh my god I would I would like die I would I like know. faint I would like faint she's like my favorite actor one of them of all time so she's just so good and everything I love her and working girl I would mm-hmm. love for her to do another horror film or a thriller or something she's at that ripe age where she could play the like 
scary grandmother character, the mm-hmm. ultra matriarch of a family. Oh yeah, man. If they One had some kind of like, if she, if you did something kind of like Mother's Day or like a Texas chainsaw, <laughs> like she would be like grandma or, you know, whatever, not to age her, but she could be the matriarch of the family and have like a bunch of crazies doing her bidding. Like I could totally yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Love yeah. That. Do you have anything else you'd like to talk about? No, I'm trying. I mean, you know, we're getting into it. You people know this is going to be a Friday the 13th centric episode. So yeah, because um, it's we come out. I don't know. I feel like maybe that's happened once. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I think it's happened once before. I think we did have one, yeah, but we did. Oh, on, yeah, I think it was because I took a picture. I was camping when it happened. Wait, was my was it my birthday? It might have been your birthday. Episode? I because, think it was. Because my birthday is the 13th, August 13th. So was, yeah. it a, was that a yeah, Friday? Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Okay. It was. Your birthday. Your birthday yep. was on Friday 13th. That's amazing. Yep, so I just picked my random movies that time but we did chat but this time we're really getting into friday the 13th i think yeah i think you guys deserve the treat so jeremy had this awesome idea to take his geeky dungeons of dragon dice and mm-hmm. put it to good horror use mm-hmm. that's it <laughs> and roll the die and we're gonna do two randomized friday the 13th episodes yeah that's it whatever whatever the dice comes up with i'm gonna roll this 12 sided die and one through 12 we're gonna pick so are we ready are we gonna do this yeah let's do it first one oh it's 12. oh no so that's the remake (laughs) that's the remake oh okay ready for the second one yep i'm ready eight which one's eight takes manhattan oh (laughs) remake and takes manhattan this is why we don't dungeons and dragons yep in horror (laughs) so jason takes manhattan Uh uh-huh and And the remake the remake oh boy god Mm -hmm. see here i was hoping for like three and four yep (laughs) i know i was playing with it last night and i was like oh five and seven those would be fun (laughs) to like talk about but yeah if that's what we want to do all right cool so uh friday 13th the remake and jason takes manhattan Mm -hmm. all right well let's watch them and we'll be back yeah my brother will be happy he's a fan of the remake so all right we talked about this and i'm you know we'll see it's been a minute since i've sat down and watched it all the way through so yeah we'll see how it tracks this time but manhattan you know we'll see we'll see (laughs) these are a couple of pretty maligned ones so we'll see what happens yeah all right let's go watch them cool don't you blame the movies movies don't create psychos movies make psychos Okay, now is the part of the episode where we talk about the movies we picked. Yeah, it is. So let's get right to it. Yeah, so I guess we're going in chronological order with our uh, randomly chosen Friday the 13th movies. You demanded it, okay? You said it it. must be chronological. Okay, chronological. No, I didn't. You did. (laughs) I did. (laughs) So we're starting off with Friday the 13th, part eight, Jason takes Manhattan from 1989. The tagline is the big apples in big trouble, in which they don't say is for about like 10 minutes of movie, actually. (laughs) 
<laughs> the description is a group of students on a graduation cruise bound for Manhattan soon realize they've got a stowaway aboard the ship. Serial killer Jason Voorhees. That seems like a oversimplification. It should be like undead, also ghost man in this one, uh, Jason <laughs> Voorhees. So uh, yeah, let's get into it. I think my thought is since we've seen these movies we're both familiar with both of these and are just revisiting them should we talk about like our histories with them at all if we have any I mean, or anything sure. like that yeah i guess what i want to say first of all is that this should have been called titanic the 13th oh my god that would have been that, a much better name that would have been awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i honestly don't have much of a history i remember watching it forever ago and i tried to rewatch it not too terribly long ago mm -hmm. and then this time. So I think this is my third watch or second all the way through. What is your history with this? Yeah, this one was always like, because like as a teenager, really getting into horror movies, like I saw the original Friday the 13th like a bunch of times. Um, and then I think it was in like college, towards the end of high school and more into college, I started really like getting into the series and like watching a bunch of the sequels. But I feel like this one took a while to get to. I just remember the name floating around and I kept hearing some people like, like this one. Like, I think there is a small cult following, but most people are like, this is definitely a low point for the series. Like they jumped the shark at this point. Um, and that's why Paramount stopped making them. So it took me a minute. And then I remember like the first time I saw it, I was like, this is stupid. I've probably seen this a few times now. There was another rewatch where I'm like, I don't think it's as bad as I used to think. It's still not good, but I don't think it's as bad, especially as like, maybe some other slasher like late in the series slasher sequels uh and then this watch i was like no i think i was too kind to it the last time i watched it this is pretty absurd so i will say though i always remember wanting the poster the i love new york poster with jason slashing through it so um you know, if anybody's got a line on that out there, let me know. Drop me a yeah. message because I still would love to have that poster because that's a badass movie poster. They had to like take that out, right? New York like complained. New York complained and they stopped uh, promoting. Yeah, they stopped uh, promoting the movie. Because it that. is so cool. Even the actual like the poster, the, the secondary poster with him like peering over New York City is actually pretty cool. I yeah. still really like it. It is, it is pretty cool. From the last time I watched it, I remembered that Eva's death, Kelly Hugh, who I think I read something like she was like the first Asian actor in a Friday the 13th film or something like that. Does that ring a bell to you? Yeah, it sounds familiar. It makes sense as I'm quickly thinking about the movies. Yeah, you I think know that's better true. than I do. I think that's true. But I remembered her death sequence being a lot better and this time i was like oh i don't remember why i thought that i mean i guess because she goes in and there's like mirrors everywhere but i kept thinking of this go around he was like impale her on a disco ball or something and he just doesn't he just like he's like pushing her down then he lifts her up yep and yeah and then it's not very exciting it's really not yeah i think that in my mind i'm like you could have got him to new york so much easier like by just having a similar sort of thing, like a, an anchor come down and like just drag him all the way to New York, mm -hmm. like and get him there. But I also there were like issues, like the director wanted him to have more time in New York or something like that. Right. Didn't I read I that? Think, 
I think that's the case. I feel like uh, the movie's budget kept getting hacked (laughs) down uh, in size. So they eventually were just like, well, we can afford one day in Times Square. So we get to shoot that and everything else is shot in Vancouver. Yeah, and it's also like, here's, and I don't know, I wasn't in New York in the 80s, but like this seems very much like, here's the movie version of New York. You know, uh-huh. like junkies in the alley and toxic waste. I mean, I guess that is the 80s of at least film. But like, it just seems like they're all, all these movies in the 80s, like the big cities are like that, like toxic waste and- Cesspools. Cesspools. You're just constantly being assaulted everywhere you go. You will yeah. die from exposure to chemicals like that. You will get drugged up. Yep, that's the 80s big cities. I mean- Okay, guys. I mean, spoilers, whatever. If you haven't seen this one, though, don't. It came out in '89, <laughs> and you're also not really missing anything unless you're a completionist. Yeah, this so so many plot things. I had so many thoughts watching this movie. Like, I was like, this script had to have been rewritten like crazy because this feels like such a choppy story. Like, number one, uh, apparently Crystal Lake, which I thought was just a little lake in New Jersey, is a connected to the Atlantic Ocean because right. you get a cruise ship on it all of a sudden. Jason gets brought back to life by electricity again. So it's like they're digging back and ripping off part six where it was a lightning bolt that brings them back to life. And this time there's like a random power line running through Camp Crystal Lake that an anchor from another boat accidentally hits and brings them to life. So question there. So is the one before this new blood? New Blood's the one before this. So there is a little bit of continuity there because they trap him in the lake in New Blood and he's still down there in this one. So. But at the end of whatever's before New Blood, which is what? Part six. He gets like, he's in the lake, like with a chain on his leg and Tina brings him back out of the lake, right? Like Correct. with her powers. Because she her stepdad or some shit like that. Yep. So at the end of New Blood, she like, drowns he puts him back where he was and he's just like covered up with things Mm -hmm. okay okay he's just stuck down there like for those few movies they kept ending them by like get him back in the lake like trapped down there and then just leave him be and then they always find accidental ways to bring him back out of the lake over and over now another thing there there's like a crystal lake i mean there's multiple crystal lakes but isn't there one where they literally have a life-size version of jason there is yeah, With somewhere I saw, I saw that on uh, Facebook. Somebody put that out there. Oh God. Like, yeah, that's which would be, so fucking awesome. That'd be so cool. But yeah, just there's that. There's like in this movie, they like break Jason rules because you know the earlier movies, he is a man, and then he finally dies. Then they bring him back as a zombie in part six. He's still a zombie in part seven. But in this one, like. Number one, he can like teleport all of a sudden because the Kelly Q is that her name mm-hmm. uh, that you were saying, like when she's killed in the disco room, he everywhere she looks, he just appears like he can teleport now. Like and he does that a few <laughs> more times in this movie where you're like, so is he a ghost then? And also, why does she keep seeing his like child version spirit like what is that like the soul because they have a connection from when she got pushed in the water when she was a little yeah, girl so it's like the ghostly soul of jason so like he's like a ghost now like they what is going on like is he a physical thing or is he a spirit like it feels like they're playing fast and loose with that yeah that's like the only thing i remember from my first time watching it is that there's that little boy version of him and here's the thing we'll get to the remake in a little bit 
while I don't love that they sort of rejigger things with the remake, like here, like we've in this canon of films, we've seen what Jason looked like as a little boy. He didn't mm-hmm. have hair. Like you see him in the water and the flashbacks, and then at the and then like why? At first, I thought he was like. Uh, like a non-disabled child, but then eventually you can tell that he has some form of disorder, deformity. deformity. Yeah. yeah. But like at first I didn't think he did. And I'm like, you can't retell it that way after everything. But then I'm like, oh, just kidding. It's not that. But I don't know. That just annoys me so much. Yeah, there's. it seems like there's a lot of weird soft retooling in this one like that but like and then again i mean i know it's fast and loose like from part one through part eight that was when paramount was in full control of the movies and then they uh, had a deal where they gave the rights of jason to new line cinema and then new line cinema does Fre- uh, jason goes to hell jason x freddy versus jason and then friday the 13th the remake um but as a co-production right and that one was a co-production uh but one through 11 i'll call it freddy versus jason those are supposed to be like one continuity they kind of work there's a lot of inconsistencies in them and again like they keep introducing flashbacks like this movie she's got the flashback to shit you're like well when did this happen like when was she at the lake getting attacked by a jason like there's a lot of things where you're like how does any of this make sense because it's supposed to be like he died he was never seen until part two and it turns out he's still alive he goes on a kill spree then comes back as a zombie it's like they keep adding backstory seven and eight are really bad about adding all these flashbacks and backstory where you're like when did this occur right. uh because the timeline seemed pretty fleshed out before these couple of movies so yeah, I don't I can't think of another example other than Halloween like 2018 where like it was like a total retcon where they're like we're just going back to this other one and forgetting these other stories. And I think now you could get away with that with so many things because that mold has been broken, created, whatever. Yeah, redone so much. Redone. Now. Like yep. it it makes so much sense to like go that route, but prior to that it hadn't happened. Yep. So, and also it's like, it's a horror series. Like, so who cares mm-hmm. if little things are inconsistent here, or there, but it's still obnoxious. It is when you're like, uh, this is all, all these contradict each other. Um, yeah. And, and apparently like, that's another thing in the mythos where she keeps seeing the soul of the little boy and it's like, you have to kill him to like make him at rest. Is that what that was about? Cause you know, then he's just like a normal little boy at the end when he gets doused in toxic sludge. Also. The fact that they're down in the sewer and then just some random sewer workers like every night at midnight, this place <laughs> fills with toxic sludge. And he's just like, let's just walk down here with no protective gear or anything. Like, why is he down there if it fills with toxic sludge? Like, you shouldn't be near it. So, oh, my God. It is oh my so God. ridiculous. I There's two things that I like about it. One, Kane Hodder is the best Jason, for sure. Yeah, Kane Hodder's amazing. And he's the only one who's done it more than once, right? Yes, he's Which the is only crazy. multi, the only multi Jason. Yeah. And then I love that there's, I keep wanting to say soothsayer, but I don't think that's the right word. The like doomed, there's like a return of like the yep. doomed character. I don't know what you would call that character. 
Yeah, the doomsayer, I suppose. <laughs> the doomsayer. I love that yep. that character is there again. It's like Crazy Ralph all over again. Because Crazy yep. Ralph is just in the two first ones, and he dies in the second one, right? Yep, he dies in two. Jason kills him in two. So, yeah. Are there any other examples of a doomsayer that you can think of? There's kind of one in part six. There's okay. the um, the uh, uh, the attendant that runs the cemetery. Okay. Uh, and he comes and finds Jason's grave, you know, has been exhumed. And he's just like, oh, those asshole kids digging up bodies. So he's kind of that, fills that uh, uh, void because he knows stuff about the Voorhees and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Okay. But I think those are the only major ones. Yeah, it just, and here's the thing. I remember reading about how poorly it did, which is why Paramount's like, here, New Line, have it. We're done mm -hmm. with it. But like on paper, it should have done really well. It just seems like the sort of thing that the 80s, I mean, I know it's like 89 or whatever, like it's late 80s, mm -hmm. but it just seems like the thing that should have worked and been a hit. Like that it would be kitschy yeah. enough. That it's not like going to space. It's more like, oh my God, they're breathing new life into this franchise. It's doing something different and unique and the only reason i can think of that it didn't do well is because it wasn't good so there wasn't like word of mouth and whatnot like watching it now i feel like it drags it does not need to be an hour and 40 minutes long like i feel no. like they could have cut a lot of they tried to put in a lot of character development for the characters like especially on the boat with all the uh -huh. little interactions and you're like they're all just cannon fodder we know that like they're all just gonna die so let's you know chop some of this out and then that would make the new york stuff seem more substantial if you cut some of the boat stuff out so i feel like it would have flowed better if they cut out like 20 minutes of movie i think the best kill is when the guy gets like the stone through his stomach the like sauna stone i think oh, that's, that's a pretty that's good a kill. cool one that's cool of course when the one dude gets his head punched off when he's trying to fight jason yes, like yes. that's that's solid ridiculous but fun and i like when the bitch girl pushes the other girl off the boat so like yeah. inconspicuously <laughs> now, <laughs> so funny ridiculous deaths even by like friday the 13th standards the like the lady teacher was she a teacher the guardian of like the main girl whatever the hell that relationship was supposed to be so confusing i don't know the fact that she just doesn't get out of the cop car after they crash it and explodes inside of it and they're like oh yeah. no what's your name and it's like <laughs> what an afterthought of a death like they didn't even care no nope. i think they must have forgot she was still in the movie and they're like oh crap okay she exploded in the cop car but there's just so many like it really could have been so much fun and just like a kick-ass movie putting jason in new york city it just it, it should have been good it really should yeah. have been a lot of fun it should have rocked but no and it, it's mostly fun but there were a couple of moments that struck me of what seemed like kind of sadistic like in the middle of this friday the 13th movie which were uh, when he kills the one girl, like he reaches through the door and grabs her. And as she runs away, it like rips her dress off, which I was like, I know it's a Friday the 13th, but that's a little gratuitous. Uh, and then she's cowering and screaming naked. And then he, you know, it's, it's it just feels more cruel than it needed to be for, you know, a Friday the 13th, an 80s Friday the 13th movie, which is, you know, fun, should be fun. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other one being, of course, when the junkies attack them and are like, we're going to take you and assault you and shoot you up with drugs. And like, that seemed unnecessarily dark and sadistic yeah. in this movie. Uh, and then they make you root for Jason. Cause he comes and just like 
punches his fucking hand through the guy essentially with the syringe i don't i feel like tonally they just had no idea what they were doing with this like the subway scene should have been a lot more fun because like that's what you would think of with new york like oh you're gonna be in the subway yeah the subway like fun moments are like when jason kicks the boom box and the guys are like hey man and then he like lifts up their mask and they run away it like that's really fun should have had more gags like that if that's the way they you know they wanted to go the fact that this movie starts right away with jason killing people like you don't even have to wait at all like he just murders those kids on that one boat and you're like okay cool they're getting right into it but then they don't because then there's a long time before jason starts doing anything again so yeah just pacing and tone was all over the place all over the place yeah but at least i mean i would still i mean i haven't watched him in forever but i think this is better than jason goes to hell or jason x but i might be wrong i don't know that i want to rewatch them to decide officially yeah i still feel like jason x might be at least more aware of its kitsch than this movie was like leaning into it more so that might make that more enjoyable i was also thinking too how like this movie came out in 89 Friday the 13th one came out in what, 80, 1980, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. So through the course of a decade, they did eight movies. It's crazy. That is crazy. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. That'd be fun to look up. But like, did any of them overlap in like theater time? Because like, you know, in the 80s, movies used to be out for like a year if they did well. Like they would stay in theaters for a long ass time. So I wonder if any of them overlapped with each other in theaters. Yeah, exactly. I, I Cause that, doubt it, but who knows? Who knows? Because a couple of them had to have had like less than a year in between them to yeah. get, you know, eight out in a decade. There probably was some, and I don't think it was like one every year. I think there was some, some were doubled up closer than others were through the decade. But that's impressive, Paramount. Like you did it. Like no other major slasher movie series is of the 80s because Halloween only had, uh, what? Two, three, four movies through the course of the 80s. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street did got up to what, like five before the 80s were done. So I think Friday the 13th, they reigned supreme in the 80s. Yeah, I don't remember this being in theaters like as a kid, because I would have been 10, which is around when I started, you know, going to the mm-hmm. movies and seeing horror films. But I remember Jason Goes to Hell. I didn't mm-hmm. see it because it didn't look good. I remember the videotape and being like, oh, that looks so scary. And thinking it was probably like the freakiest movie ever. Jason Goes to Hell? Yeah. And then I saw it years later and was like, this is not that great. It's like, (laughs) didn't they already learn their lesson from like not having Jason be the killer? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I know technically he is, but he's not really. He's not really. And it's like, you know, guys already did that in five. And exactly. Nobody liked that when it came out. So, Yeah. yeah. So out of five pens owned by stephen king (laughs) how many do you give it i'm gonna give it a two penner how about you i'm also gonna give it a two well jason go ahead and throw it on the slash get on that slash heap man you're there this is yeah this is not a great one so on to friday the 13th 2009 yes bitch so that's tagline you. is welcome to crystal lake 
And the description is a group of young adults visit a boarded up campsite named Crystal Lake, where they soon encounter the mysterious Jason Voorhees and his deadly intentions. The end. All right. So, yeah, the remake. I feel like I saw this in the theater, but I don't really remember. I remember not liking it. Okay. Like, because it came out after Texas Chainsaw. Mm-hmm. But before Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Absolutely correct. Okay. So I think it is nestled in between those perfectly as far as it's not as good as Texas Chainsaw, but it's not as bad as Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I would give you that. I, uh, too, was thinking, like, I'm going to have to mount some kind of defense, I felt, for this movie. Because I know I knew your prior feelings going in. <laughs> on this one and this time around uh watching this this one i've seen this one more than a few times but this time around i was thinking about like man when this came out like i loved it i remember seeing it in theaters but my context being in 2009 that was my last year of college i watch this movie now and i'm like this is exactly what it was like being you know like a late college age kid in the 2000s like they caught that vibe with the character so i think i just totally was like this movie's about me and it's a thing that i love so like i think i kind of like synced with that because i remember that first 20 minutes man it's that's super good that's the best part of that movie is the first like the little short film like at the beginning of just like jason uh, spoilers guys if you haven't seen this whatever but that's like the strength of this movie i think is that first 20 minutes where first they do a recap a mini like recap of the very first movie with mrs Voorhees getting killed and jason saw it happen um flash forward they're out there in the woods and you're like okay here's the shitty kids blah 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 and then they're all dead and then it's, you know, at the 20 minute mark, the title screen of Friday the 13th finally happens. So you're like, OK, that was kind of brilliant. It's Baghead Jason. Good to see Baghead Jason. It's like again. Time Crimes Jason. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, I haven't like seen a, Time Crimes, but that's what it reminds me. It of. looks like the bandaged up guy in Time Crimes a yeah. little bit. But I remember in the theater, I stood up and clapped at that point. When <laughs> when it goes Friday the 13th after he's killed everybody and people were like, huh? They're like, there was audible confusion in the theater and I was clapping. And then I was like, I could leave now. Yeah. Okay. So where it, it puts gets me off on the wrong foot is that first opening, since there's like two openings. Sure. That sure, first sure. opening is so bad. I hate it. I hate it. I hate that Mrs. Voorhees reminds me of like Norma Bates. Yeah, it is like a little janky. Like you could all, you could cut that entirely and lose nothing. And also if Jason's like up and walking around, like why didn't he ever talk to his mom? Like in the original, I you get this, or you know, in the, the first two, you sort of get this. You don't see that he watches his mom get beheaded, but that's like the lore mm-hmm. that he at least finds her. Yes. I don't know. It just I that's where I just automatically hate it and I hate how it's filmed and everything. I just hate it. I hate it. Mhm. Yeah, I don't glo- like the yeah. The glossiness is definitely like it feels wrong for this movie. Like it looks so crisp, especially like when you watch a Blu-ray the HD, you're like, ah, this should be a lot grimier." Yeah. Yeah. I do. I mean, the movie itself is fine. I, I do agree. I think that first 20 minutes is fairly good. My only other issue with it is the way he comes at the at Whitney, at the sister. 
like he doesn't just run at her like he's bringing the she's, machete down. she's dead like she yeah. is dead yep and then like, she's still on. alive later and yeah and that's a whole weird thing like what was the plot there like he looked she looked vaguely like his mother so he was keeping her captive but like that's kind of like half a plot there guys you didn't flesh out like that idea at all but I love this storyline of like the brother looking for his sister and that she's like still alive, which I also just think is dumb. But like, mm -hmm. I, I think story wise, it does a decent little job. Yeah. And it's also like Jason is different than we have known Jason, which I'm also okay with. I wasn't mm -hmm. the first time I watched it, but this time I was more okay with it. Like he's more like, this is my home and I'm guarding it. And I, it's like, even though he's popping up all over the place, it's because he has these like underground tunnels, which I'm also kind of okay with. Yeah. I like, I like also that, uh, like low key Jason apparently is a pot farmer. Yeah. Cause he's just got all that <laughs> weed out there where I'm like, that goes unexplained other than like, I guess Jason must be cultivating it. Like he's growing <laughs> weed out there. He's just a crazy redneck stoner. Like don't go to his uh, property, you know, uh, he's Rambo Jason. Like the fact that he uses a bow and arrow and takes the one guy out arrow that. to the head. Like that's an awesome kill. Like I it's like that. Such a good kill. They and give him an, kill. they give him an intelligence that they normally haven't like through the rest of the, the series. And Derek Mears is a really good Jason. He is good. I remember, I think he's in, in Search of Darkness, I feel, or somewhere. Like, he's somewhere that I've watched him speak enough that I'm like, he seems like such a cool guy. Oh, I know where it was. It was behind the monster. Yeah, yep. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, he's very articulate. Yeah, like, he's a very cool dude. And yeah, I hear at the fan, so neat. like, at fan conventions, he's a super uh, friendly guy, is what everybody says, so. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, he's a very good Jason. I also don't, like, if Jason is like hanging out underground and if for the most part he doesn't have to deal with a lot of people like why would he have his face all bandaged up i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah it, this is another one where it like it ebbs and flows into some weird territory um i was like tripping out a little bit this time thinking about like oh wait jared padalecki who is is like our lead who was in supernatural and was at that at the time and also trying to like make a movie career happen uh, and then also one of the obnoxious kids that gets killed is uh, his name is Ryan Hansen, who was in uh, Veronica Mars. Yes, uh, Dick. Yep, Dick in Veronica Mars. Uh, also trying to make a movie, another TV star trying to make a movie career happen at the time. So I was just like, wow, this is like a relic so much of that era because of the people in it, the way it's written. It's produced by Michael Bay. I mean... It is a 2000s, a late 2000s horror movie. And there's a lot of deaths in it. I think that I read that they, this is from IMDb, that they like wanted to have 13 deaths in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, they, I mean, people are dying left, right, and center. Which is pretty cool. You're like, you got to have that in these kind of movies. Like, bring on the body count. Um, again, they do some clever stuff with Jason that we hadn't seen before, the bow and arrow. I like when he just whips overhead throws the axe at the guy and kills yeah. him with the axe that's pretty cool athletic jason i mean i'm all about it he's running he's jumping he's rambo yeah i remember when i saw the trailer for the first time i believe in the theater and it ended i think with him like running at whitney like that thing that goes into the title card i think that's how the trailer ended i meant to rewatch it and i didn't yeah i think it does that sounds familiar and i was just like whoa like jason's fast yep so yeah because it never really made sense why he was slow 
before. to begin with before because you know why he should be running all over he's a dude he's a woodland man woodland dwelling <laughs> man i imagine he'd be pretty uh spry yeah it just i think i watched because i didn't watch even though i had the blu-rays i didn't watch that i just it was easier for me to just go to my little site and i think i watched the extended version yeah that's what's that's what's on, that's what's on the blu-ray too okay it's too long it's like the only cut that's out there. You'll see it. It's called like Friday the 13th, the killer cut. So apparently it's okay. got like extra scenes in it, but none of them are like extra kill stuff. Like I have the, no, I think the DVD, I think it was only released as like the killer cut, like on video. I don't think you can get the theatrical, but yeah, it is too long. Much like takes Manhattan. This could also be trimmed up pretty well. And you, you could lose some of the, like the lead, uh, the lead obnoxious kid, like the rich kid whose house they're at, like he is so obnoxious, could cut a lot of his stuff because it's just too over the top. You could cut um, the cop and all of like the locals, like you really could cut all that shit too, except for the guy where he gets the mask. Like, I, yeah. I love that. Like, but, I thought it was clever how they sort of incorporate the first few movies. Yeah, it's like one of them into one, one through three, and then like a little bit of four, like I feel is in there. Except I just hate what they do with the first one. Like, I just hate that that little opening flashes, lightning right flashes. There. It's just so dumb. Totally could have cut it. And then when they get to the nerd friend in the beginning telling the story around the fire, yeah. that's how you get the lore. Like, you didn't yeah. need that opening. I feel like that's totally a, well, kids coming to see this movie now probably didn't see the originals, but we still want to get that, like, for some reason we feel beholden to the original movie to like mention that like it was his mother the first time like and it's just a really sloppy way <laughs> to get that in there and i also read they were trying to bring back adrian king and then someone said like no and then they were trying to bring back tommy jarvis like at the end oh and like the, there were versions like with him in it uh-huh and then that fell through it's yeah, it's not great, but it's not horrible. I actually disliked it less this go around. Yeah. And I've been kind of like hovering middle of the road with this movie for a while. Like, oh, I don't know how many times I've seen it, but I rewatch it like every few years. Uh, I end up checking it out and it's like, eh, it's still OK. It's not one of the best, but it's better than a bunch of the other ones. Definitely better than Manhattan and Jason Goes to Hell. Um probably and jason x so yeah i don't know it's okay <laughs> it had like this really great opening weekend and then it just like dropped drastically yeah oh i was gonna say i, I do like that everybody dies yeah like at the end of the movie you're left to assume that they didn't uh, kill him he's he's he killed them because of course they had to do so bad though like why the, the why would they scare. take him to the lake like yep. there's no reason that lead kid doesn't even know that story as far as we know yeah like why would he go why would he be like let's drag this hulking man down to the lake and pour him in like you would just leave yes on top of when you're if you pay attention to the movie like he gets sucked into that wood chipper like the chain around his neck into the wood chipper and you're like his head got fucked up in there like if he's just a man he's dead so, you know, there's no other inkling in this movie of anything supernatural. So, like, why all of a sudden he's just alive and raring to go after they throw him in the lake? Like, there's no internal logic to that in this story. So, yeah, to me, it just feels like other than to tack on an ending. 
A hundred percent, but it also feels like, oh, maybe it's their dream or something. Because I'm like, there's just no reason you'd be like, let's carry him down to the lake. You'd be like, no, let's just continue yeah. to put him in the wood chipper. It's not. Yeah, exactly. Just feed him all the way through the wood yeah. chipper, turn him to paste. Uh, that'd be a good way to kill Jason. Just vaporize him. Yeah, a hundred percent. But yeah, uh, other than that ending. Ugh. Yeah. And again, a lot of middle stuff, a lot of the just the interactions of the shitty kids is like this could get cut i'm waiting for them to i want them to die good job movie like jason is my hero in this one i want him to kill all of them yeah if it would be like an hour 25 trim out like 20 minutes i would be just be so much tighter so much better yeah that would be real solid yeah there's i feel like that's the michael bay influence i mean he was the producer but his movies are always overbloated. Like there's just all his Transformers movies are like three fucking hours long or more that like you don't need that long for robots to punch each other. So sure. I feel like it's got to be the Michael Bay influence. Like it has to be no shorter than this for me yeah. to accept this movie. So. But yeah, right. it kind of yeah. it, it kind of was out for a weekend and did really, you know, did gangbusters and then it fell off the face of the earth. And then they didn't make a sequel. I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah. Because I honestly, yeah, I would have liked to have seen at least one more with Derek Mears as Jason. Yeah. And here's hoping like that, because I mean, the next one will be the 13th in the franchise. Like, it's just got to happen. It's got to happen. But please, anyone that might be involved with Friday the 13th, if you happen to listen to us, please (laughs) don't do a reboot a la Halloween and Texas Chainsaw, where it's like, we're doing a direct sequel to the original movie and ignoring the others. Please don't do that. Just do a new thing. It doesn't have to be beholden to everything else. Just give us Jason and a new thing and you could ignore everything else. And that's fine with me. Yeah. Yeah. Because now that's getting done to death. The whole direct sequel to the original. Yeah. Time to move on. That's right. All right. Well, out of how many acts to the backs out of five? Actually going to give this one a three. All right. I'm going to give it a two and a half. So for the first time in a long time, we have... Split scream. Split scream. Yes. Just barely. Just by a hair. Just by a cunt's hair. Just a... (laughs) Just my uh, cunt's hair. <laughs> One of my friends says that. A cunt's hair. <laughs> yeah, that's a... Uh, I haven't it's heard that a, in a it's long a vivid, time. It's a vivid description. It, it is, it is. I haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I, it, better than before. I think probably when I saw it the first time, I would give it like one and a half. So it's raised up a whole star, but I yeah. can't give it more. anymore. No. And my, I think like, oh, I... I I have to add like a whole half star for nostalgia because I remember it enjoying this so much when it first came out and that still taints my memory. Taints. Taints. Well, everybody, take your 12-sided Dungeons and Dragons die and roll it twice. See what comes up for you and let us know. Cause let us know. Yeah. That's fun. And watch that double feature of Friday the 13th movies and tell us what you did. Yeah. Um, did you in- watch all of them? You might yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do them all. You could Anybody? do them all. That, that would be less than 24 hours to watch all 12. Because I mean, none I, of them go longer than this one, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. This is probably the longest one, I think. The killer um, cut, for sure. Yeah, I will uh, myself be trying to watch more of them. So I'll report back uh, in the next episode what I'm able to 
to get in for Friday the 13th proper. Um, yeah, I'd like to rewatch New Blood and yeah. I think four because four is like a fan favorite. Lots of people think four is the best. Right? Four is cool. I was, yes. Yeah, a lot of people love four. I was thinking about three and four. I haven't watched those in a little while now. So, and I yeah. always, I always enjoy those. Have a, they're not the, best necessarily but i like the vibe of the the early the early ones um yeah guys uh so if you enjoyed this too like do you want us to do random entries from another slasher series should we do more friday the 13th full on Uh, in the future uh you know let us know what did you think uh of this this experiment yes this experiment in terror so yeah next time maybe we'll do nightmare on elm street or halloween or leprechaun i don't know Uh, like anything send us your suggestions yes and as always send us a telegram scaring is sharing at gmail.com follow us on insta scaring is sharing all one word and next week we're back with our 80th episode with some very special guests and i'm really very excited yeah and uh enjoy as you're listening hopefully on friday the 13th itself uh don't get killed yeah Please watch, watch out, you know, don't then we'll uh, have one less viewer. Don't party too Listener. much because Jason will get you. That's right. And death the video drum long live the new flesh. Hail Paymon. And keep uh, watching those scary movies and talking about them because scaring is sharing. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.